Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show is Adele Doherty, one half of Art for Blind Records and one of the organisers of Spilt Milk Festival, which takes place in Sligo on November 19th to 21st. It's a cool lineup featuring a mix of weird electronica, mad stuff from Kerry and trad folk to help you make sense of things over the weekend. We're listening to one of those folk artists now, Alana Thornburg, a harpist who's nominated twice at the RTE Radio 1 Folk Awards for Best Folk Instrumentalist and Best Emerging Artist. This track we're listening to now is The Front, an homage to the late minimalist composer and pianist Connor Walsh, who she says was a profound influence on my musical development as a young musician and whose words of advice and encouragement still resonate with me today. You can buy the track on Bandcamp with all profits being donated to the Musical Youth Foundation, which is dedicated to providing children in Ireland with a musical education. Go to alanathornberg.bandcamp.com for more. Adele and I will talk through the lineup for this third edition of Spilt Milk, so I won't go through all of it now, but you can check it out at spiltmilkfestival.com. Over the course of the chat, you'll also hear music by Messing, their collaboration with Postpunk Pod for Litany of Failures Volume 3. The track is called Still at the Music, and then at the end of the conversation, you'll hear the killer new song from Silverback's archive material. It's the title track of their second album, which is due out in mid-January. It's going to be great. Just how I think the Spilt Milk Festival will be. As you can hear, maybe, hopefully not, but probably, I'm still a bit bunged up. It's been a week of moping about the plays, lots of sniffing, coughing, feeling sorry for myself, so apologies if I sound a bit mank now and during the chat. But look, we got there. It's a new episode of The Point of Everything.
how tough has it been to organize an event like this amid all of the changing COVID restrictions, even of the past two weeks? Well, <laughs> it's very tough. Yeah, definitely challenging. And uh, just when you thought you were kind of getting to grips with it, the last two weeks have, have certainly been very challenging, just a bit of an emotional roller coaster. We've been fairly removed from it up to this point. Um, just kind of with our November dates for spilt milk, we kind of tend to watch things happen over the year. But now we were very much landed in it with um, the last government announcement uh, um, back on the 22nd of October. But it seems to have worked out enough for us anyways. So, yeah, so hopefully things will will be OK over the next few weeks and we can um, go ahead. Certainly it's in the back of your mind that whether your best laid plans will actually be able to come off. But um, yeah, we're certainly open for in-person. Um, that's what all our planning has been for. The government announcement that came in, was the main thing for you just, oh, we have to make all of our events ticketed now? Was that the main thing that you had to tackle? Were there other issues as well that you had to deal with? No, not that wasn't the main thing for us. We were already down that route of ticketing. Um, and certainly the last... 18 months plus that we've been in the pandemic I've I used to be a cash person and now I'm I'm totally cashless so um ticketing hasn't that wasn't really an issue for us we were already doing that we were leaving the option open for tickets on the day and certainly in Sligo it's our experience that people do like to you know leave it till the day and come rock up on the night for things and uh, pay on the door um so we've had to close off that option but from our, from an organizer's point of view, don't really mind that. It's kind of nice to know you've got the sales coming in and you see the numbers of bookings and things like that. Um, the main issue for us was the seating and standing issue that, that cropped up. We were certainly, the sort of gigs that we've planned were definitely more suited to standing. And that's what we wanted to see happen. So there was a, a few days wait there. We, we know we didn't get very you know get rash or anything about it and we just said look we'll wait as it got closer to Friday and see how things were panning out with discussions that were happening and it's more or less it more or less worked itself out so that was good yeah it was kind of crucial for us to do standing and we would have had to start changing things around if that hadn't um, been reversed in in terms of the guidelines yeah yeah, I, I was at a gig in um, Vicker Street a couple of weeks ago that was, you know, it was a 60% capacity gig and it was all seated. And I just felt like there was something lacking from the gig just because of that. Mm. You know, it's just I feel like the standing gigs make such a big difference to, well, to a certain type of music. I guess there's a type of music that's suited to sitting down as well. Yeah, it's suited. And I, I think our, our our Sunday afternoon gig, we've got a, a folk event on on Sunday afternoon with Branwyn and Alana Thornburg. And, you know, we'll, we'll have that seated, but certainly Friday and Saturdays for being up and feeling all that atmosphere, <laughs> you know, being close enough to people um, and just, yeah, generally having that atmosphere um, that you get from a standing a standing gig. So, yeah, guidelines, <laughs> I do without them, but they're they're here and uh, we're, we're grappling with them as best we can. Oh, man, I can't imagine just the just the stress that they must have caused to mm. so to so many people like big promoters, small promoters, mm, like the totally. acts and everyone like the stress that must just be involved with it. Yeah, <laughs> I won't lie. There is there's a lot of stress, but um, hopefully it'll all be worth it. And um, 
you know, like we were we were in the kind of much the same boat last year. We were we were kind of planning for a very scaled back festival, um, and just to do a few few little live shows around Sligo, and and then at the very last minute we just we had to pivot, but it came it came really good. It was really satisfying. We had a great community of artists rally around us, and um, and we had, we had a nice little weekend last year. So hoping for more of the same, but obviously the big hope is. We're back in in doing live events and having live audiences there as well. Mm. Um, just because you mentioned the cashless thing earlier, is that another thing that like acts and like smaller DIY events have to grapple with? Like they all have to have the card readers and be able to accept card now. It's just like another thing that people are going to have to to think about now with kind of smaller gigs and like merchandise and all of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's a. Uh... It's yeah, certainly for you know bands who mightn't have that sort of infrastructure, that is something to take on board. But you know things like Sum Up make it quite easy. You know you can just connect it to your phone, and there you have a cashless system, um, and it can go straight into a, a Revolut or any other bank account, as far as I know. Um, I say with some degree of confidence when I, <laughs> I don't really have that, but um, we you know we're using an online ticketing platform, and as the guidelines as they are now, even don't allow you know they don't want you I mean of course they're typically vague at in at times but um they're even saying they don't want you paying even by card on the door because they want that contact tracing thing going on so they want you know a paper trail of who's coming and they just want it advanced booking so it could even be a case if somebody does rock up on the on the night on a Saturday or whatever the festival you know we'll have to say look Go on your phone, go to this website, just order a ticket, please. Uh, and then you can come in. But certainly, yeah, for bands having to manage their merch sold or anything like that, yeah, they'll have to probably consider it. But, you know, you go to a shop, you're, people are still, you know, handling cash and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's so strange, though. You know, I've had like a 20 euro note in my wallet for like 18 months. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know why, <laughs> yeah. you know, I feel bad almost giving it over. But but anyway, yeah. but anyway, that's yeah. just me. Um, This is the third year of Spill Milk. You talked about what it was like last year. Tell me about what the idea or MO of the festival was at the at the very start three years ago or two years ago, I guess. Sorry. Yes, yeah, so we, we started in 2019. So it's largely grown out of um activities that myself and, and Danny, um, so a partner in crime involved with Art for Blind and Spilt Milk. We'd been putting in on gigs in Sligo for the last four years, roughly. For anybody who knows Art for Blind, we've, we, run, we run a record label and our sort of gig activities have usually, they're kind of connected to what we, we're doing on the label. Um, and when we moved up to Sligo, it kind of became more of a focus, but live events on there wasn't an awful lot happening that we were interested in so we've been doing that for a few years and uh, ideas started coming about actually doing a festival making a bit more of a, a splash and having a bit more of a crack around a, one weekend and we uh, roped in a few more people who thought were just as crazy as us to start something up and that's really where spilt milk has sort of come from the first year was was great um was much better than we could have expected and we then just the last these two years since then have just been very COVID tinged. Yeah, yeah. So like you you moved to Sligo and and it just felt like there wasn't that much happening and you were just like, well, if nobody else is going to do it, we'll do it ourselves. 
Yeah, more or less like that. I mean, there there is things happening, but they just wouldn't be um, to our, you know, taste or, or, you know, just interest that much. You know, like Sligo is pretty big in its trad and folk. But in terms of anything, you know, sort of more left field that kind of complements our, our sort of tastes um, wasn't really um, happening much. And there was a few little, few little bits and pieces that we were, you know, we started to you know, gave us um, points to kind of connect with people because I'd been gone from Sligo a long time myself um, and like Danny's a complete blow in. So it was uh, just making a few connections and, uh, you know, yeah, just getting ourselves into to the scene that was here um, and doing a little bit more, like you said, just to see, to see stuff that we'd, we'd like to see normally. I went to Sligo for the first time two two years ago. I think, and it did feel like a city, uh, a town. I think is it a town or a city that's kind of on the uh, on the up. It seems like it's one of those places that's attracting artists now. In a way, it's like, oh, we can't afford to live in Dublin, Cork, Limerick. Where else can we go? And it seems like people have kind of been moving back to Sligo, and and like there's nice places there as well, like good cafes and bars and stuff, which kind of make all of the difference does it feel like that to you as someone who's living there that this is a place that's that's only kind of going to get bigger or better um it's it's definitely uh, an attractive place for for people to come to um you know for you know from the bigger bigger cities um yeah there, there was a lot there you packed in um uh, how would how it goes in in the in the future? I have no idea, but it's definitely a changed place from when I left it, uh, which was a long time ago. Um, but even even from when we we moved um, about seven years ago, um, it's it's definitely blossoming in, in, in a sense culturally. Anyways, yeah, there there's lots of you know great eateries, and I mean we're we're uh, blessed with. Um, you know, great, um, you know, nature on our, in around us. So that was a big attraction, anyways, for us for us going back. And there's there's lots of people, artists now here that we you know we've gotten to know since they moved back. So there there is a lot happening. Like on the ground, there are some practicalities that we do have challenges with. Um, you know, we don't have many venues that are suitable su- suitable for us. Certainly, um, you know, sort of smaller venues. There's there's a real lack of you know good pubs with a back room you know for gigs um so that would be a thing that we're we're currently lacking in um, that can prove difficult with um trying to organise the festival uh, and like this year we've especially with you know COVID has a lot to do with it we've we've just kind of gone with fewer but bigger venues to help with that sort of planning and I mean like having Croke Patrick there like on your doorstep as well is just unreal it's such an amazing like looking thing and just being on there as well uh crow patrick's not too not in our visual in sligo but ben bulban is oh ben bulban sorry sorry (laughs) oh my god (laughs) my geography was never my strong point okay oh don't worry but yeah don't worry ben yeah he ben's there in the north and we've got knockray out on the west so um yeah, we've got great visual points around us in Sligo, and um, it's very much a town. I think you you you, you mentioned whether it was a city. Some some uh, people will do refer to it as a city, but it's it's very much a town. But it's, you know, it's nice. It's compact. Like you said, there's there's there is lovely places around, 
and and there is lovely pubs and they just don't have back rooms and uh you know we're, we're trying to make the most of the town um you know we try and we have a nice little spread of venues that we use for the festival and one of the positive outcomes from covid has been to try and think of programming things outside of traditional venues so for instance like this year we're we're doing an audio trail using an existing nature trail out the eastern side of the town so we're doing that and we've got a few um, installations and shop windows and things like that too oh wow tell me tell me about the nature trail yeah so that well if anybody's familiar with sligo there's a lovely little park um just which hugs the garavogue river and called dorley park and it's um it's it's been a great space for people like especially during the lockdowns to go walk in there like it was you know for anybody who was living in town it was your place to go within two kilometers and five kilometers whatever the case was so we've um programmed a a trail around there um featuring some audio pieces and we also have a, a zine to to go along with it um which has got writings and they're all inspired um by the area um so it's 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 not far from like many of the venues that we're using and it's i mean all in all it'll just be about um an hour's an hour's walk um so nice and a nice easy walk at that and it's just all along the river so it's it's really nice it's picturesque lots of birds and plant life and there'll be some weirdo electronic sound pieces to to uh to find in a little uh trail so yeah the weirdo electronic sound pieces are always the best kind of sound pieces i find yeah yeah well we've we've just been getting them in so like they're they're uh they're all really good and different from each other so it'll be it'll be a fun fun thing to see uh how people get on and see if they find them and i mean hopefully we'll make it clear enough for them to find them yeah, it's, we've got a, a good group of artists um, who've who've contributed for that. So we've we've got like um, Natalia Bayless, who's just down the road in Leitrim from us, and then we also have um, Katie Kim, Cleena Neely, um, another local person, Olivia Fury, and then we also have Jen Dream Cycles and Full Up Fia, um, who've made pieces for the trail. So um, yeah, that's going to be a nice little thing to have going off in town. And there should, you know, if we get the weather, you know, there could be a lot of um, locals just completely confused by what's going on, um, which is also another good thing to have. Man, that's like the main thing with doing, with organising anything outside in Ireland, isn't it? It's just like, if we get the weather. Yes, I know. (laughs) You're also doing an all-ages alcohol-free show at Zero Gravity Skate Park, which sounds really interesting. Yes, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice that a lot of things are happening over in the same kind of part of town so that's also over close to Dorley Park actually where the trail is happening again I mean that is a venue that's been born out of Covid uh, trying to find somewhere uh, where we can hold a gig um, but would also be attractive to to younger people to come to um, yeah we, we had a nice little relationship going uh, with Neville who runs the skate park so he was well up for for putting on a gig it should be some good crack with rising damp and messing making the trip to Sligo for that um yeah it should be should be fun I'm completely worried that um <laughs> that it, it'll look completely it'll go okay given that it's it's such an un- unusual venue but um it should be good crack <laughs> um are you are you well versed in all ages shows do you have a history of going to them I always see people kind of complaining that 
they no longer seem to be that big a thing i don't know is that just because you know it's a load of 30 mid 30s people or older people who are talking about there's no all ages shows nowadays but um it's great to see that they that i mean that there's one on on at spilt milk festival yeah it's it's something we've we've kind of done we did it from the beginning we did one with um problem patterns and uh, marge bouvier in the first year um i like i didn't really have many opportunities to go to any when i was younger when i was like a teenager and uh, there just wasn't really anything going on or i certainly wasn't aware of them going on um it, it's a little bit of a strange thing to try and put something on as a 40 year old for younger people but like there's just it's kind of comes from a place where there's not an awful lot where my interpretation is that there's not an awful lot happening for young people in in Sligo and it's just a way of introducing them to to live music and the more sort of weirdo left feel adventurous stuff that, that we like to put on and uh, just seeing if they they go for it it was a great success in the first year um we did we did re- i mean we i mean it was a success in the sense that we had a lovely mix of teenagers and older people uh it was like nearly 50 50 um so it was quite inclusive which is which is quite important to us as well and it's just really about watching some good music seeing some good bands messing are kind of the ideal act as well that you want playing at a kind of an uh, an odd uh venue i suppose like a skate park um i saw them at knocking stocking oh, a couple of years ago i have no, nobody has any idea of time it was two or three years ago i think well, um, time has just drifted yeah. yeah but uh man they were so good they're from Kerry, and uh yeah they just get the party started i suppose yeah i think i think so like um I, I haven't actually seen them live which is it could be it's been difficult certainly the last couple of years um but even getting out of sligo to see stuff is difficult enough um before that just going off their their stuff online really um just thought it was you know off the wall really so kind of thought they were like they were top of the list really in in terms of like you know if you're you know we're doing an all ages so who who we have um so i think it'll be uh, like the ideal start to the festival and and it'll work really well for that for that gig Yeah. 
there's a lot of interest, uh, certainly um, a lot of interest coming in from the kind of the we've we've the tickets breaking them down by under 23s and over 23s. So there's there's actually a lot of more interest from the over 23s at the moment. So we've we've got a, a bit of work on the ground here to do to to get people out. Should be some hijinks, I imagine. Music. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? How like you know you're putting on an all ages show, and you'd think that like. The, the younger people would be kind of jumping at the chance and it's funny that like there isn't uh that much I don't know like draw or whatever I don't know I think it's interesting in a, in in I don't know in a good way or a bad way probably in a bad way yeah I, I don't know I think whether it's just a bit of a a generational gap now or they you know they're just interested in, in different things and it's 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 about showing that you know this is something you could come to and and you you might well enjoy I don't want to jump on stereotypes, but I suppose people, you know, people say like, you know, they're in, they're in their phones, they're in apps and different things like that. They're online rather than sort of out in person. Um, I'm not sure if that's how accurate that is, but yeah, we're we're kind of hopeful of being able to to get the word out. We were we were lucky enough to get some funding so that uh, we're working with a number of uh, local community organisations. Um, to sort of distribute free tickets via like youth clubs and things like that um, and then just generally through social media and uh, whether we're on the right channels is another thing uh, well TikTok these days but we've kind of stayed clear of that yeah no fair play just because like there aren't festivals or or events that that jump to my mind anyway that are you know thinking about all ages shows among like a wider festival or something like that so fair play to you for that it does seem like equality inclusivity and diversity are kind of the the main things that you're going with with the lineup and just with the kind of festival in general is that one of the mission statements that you had at the start was like it has to be inclusive among the lineup and like a diverse range as well yeah, certainly. Um, that's that's definitely been the case um, from the get go. Since I've, I suppose, become more involved with putting gigs on with Danny, like it's, you know, it, it's just what it started out making sure that there was a, a gender balance, and then like it's it's developed to be you know inclusive of everyone, and and that is important to us. And you know, it's not easy either. Like certainly. You know, on the more alternative side, you know, sort of indie guitar music, um, it is it can be hard to find, you know, artists that are not white. But you know, that's that's a good thing, and that just makes makes us work harder um, to tr- sort of build that balance in and uh, and think of other ways that we can do to um, to to make it all a bit more diverse from the usual. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's something that again a lot of other festivals and events need to take on board as well. Like it can be difficult, but you know it's not impossible either. No, no, not at all. Uh, do you want to talk about some of the other acts who you're excited to see over the weekend? Yeah, no, we've um, three very different shows um, that are happening: our sort of um, our evening and then our Sunday afternoon show. Well, I, I suppose I would describe it that we we're kind of coming out of the blocks pretty hot with between the all ages gig and then the the gig that's happening later on in the evening in the model on Friday night. Uh, we've got Sin and Ngoni coming over um, to do two DJ sets, and then we've got some. Uh, we'll have a second stage of weirdo synthy electronic stuff going on in the model's atrium. Um, 
So that will be that should be a good night. Two very different rooms going on, and then we've got um, uh, Silverbacks coming on Saturday, and they're hot off their their new album. That's well, it's due to come out soon. Like even within that one lineup, it's it's quite a an eclectic mix with, with Patty and Selma, their Cork trio coming up. And then we've got Cormoran trio as well, doing a different spin and sort of experimental folk there. Um, and then, you know, with Silverbacks headlining um, before we kind of wind things down on, on Sunday afternoon with with um, Alana Thornborough and, and Bramwin. I, I just saw this morning, Alana is up for uh, RT Radio 1 Folk Award. So that's, uh, that's oh, great. Yeah. That, um, I'm just hearing that now. That's brilliant. Uh, fair place for I have it here in front of me. I'll uh, get it up. She's up for Best Folk Instrumentalist and she's up for Best Emerging Artist. So um, that's brilliant. Yeah. So looking forward to checking her out. Um, she's someone who I don't think that I've come across before, but um, sounds sounds great. Uh, the harp is having a moment as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we also had a harpist in, our, in, in 2019. Um, we're we're like, oh, a second harpist, but you know, she's really, she's really good. These things just happen sometimes. So when it, when it's that good, you don't, you don't really mind at all. Um, so it'll be, yeah, it's lovely. And and she's a Mayo person, so it, it's someone you know, not not far from Sligo, which is nice to have on the bill. And you know, if we try to find ways to uh, program artists from from the local area, it's also quite important to us. So we've a lot, and like I mentioned, Natalia is doing. A track for the, the trail and you know she's down in leech we have a few donegal um acts as well um shaman delhi and school tour on the friday night although many would probably consider jar of school tour to be dublin very much dublin based now at this point and also another little thing just squeezed between our all ages gig and the show and the model on friday night we have um baja and um, which is um uh, an art collective based here in sligo um they're doing uh, a sort of a live improvised installation which is happening uh, in, a, in, a, in an art studio um, in town and um, there'll be sort of weird going on there they did a really cool thing for culture night um, so they're kind of doing something along similar lines so that'll just be something people are moving from from the skate park up to the model they'll be able to to catch some of that on the way that's great. It's great that it's got kind of a Western feel to it as well with acts kind of drawn from all across Mayo and Donegal and Leitrim as well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite important, you know, that we, we, we do, you know, represent the Northwest as well as just, you know, bringing, you know, artists that we like as well from other parts of the country um, and just have that nice mix. It was good crack the first year. Uh, so um, we're hoping for more more this time around fingers crossed yeah three weeks hopefully like no more covid restrictions or anything like that will come up and it'll all go off without a hitch that is the the big hope fingers toes crossed anything else we can cross as well but you know if if we have to do do something else then you know we'll figure it out too yeah um just because i haven't talked to you before can we talk a little bit about art for blind the record label that you run with danny it's been running for over 15 years now set up in 2004 is it completely unrecognizable running a label now as opposed to then i'd say pretty much now i I wouldn't have been i wouldn't have been involved at the very beginning and so i kind of came on board around 2010 2011 so we you know it's so danny started the label 
in his hometown of Barnsley. Um, and then it's it kind of has traveled with him as he's as he moved around. So like he, you know, he went off to college and he was in Leeds and Liverpool and it kind of went just because it was him, it was there with him. And from there it it we, when we moved to Cork in 2011, um, that's kind of when I became far more involved with it. Yeah, even then, like, you know, when the, the years we were in Cork, you know, we, and the last few years we were in Leeds, we were putting out four or five records a year, all on vinyl. Um, and now it's, it is definitely a, a different terrain for us. Um, you know, I think there's other people probably coming and that have come behind us and are probably more adept to the current uh, landscape for releasing music um but we're we're still hanging in there so you know we've um we had a couple of cassette releases for this year so one is still yet to come out um it's been on pre-order for what seems like for months but it'll it'll be out soon hopefully um but yeah it is it is quite different uh, it's not what it used to be danny would certainly tell me stories of things like vinyl being cheaper than cds when he first started it which just seems completely uh, alien now yeah it's kind of gone the other way hasn't it like with with records i'm seeing like new releases like by by you know like big label acts like uh who is it um the war on drugs one seems to be the one that everyone is talking about it's 40 euro to buy the vinyl i think almost everywhere it's 40 euro for a record oh my god that is just yeah I remember buying records and plugged for 20 quid, you know. <laughs> um, do you still enjoy running the label? I suppose it's, it's quite a, it evolved. So it, it is hard to find the time to, to put out the, the records. And we, we kind of have switched to putting on more, more live gigs. But it's, it's still, um, you know, it's still good, to, you know, when a, when a band comes along and, and, you know, they come with their enthusiasm and, it, you know, I suppose we're, we're a little bit uh, cynical and jaded at, at, to a certain extent at this point. Um, when you have younger artists come along, it uh, kind of reinvigorates you. Um, and it, it's hard, it's hard, and it's also totally hard when you, when you, when you hear some, some tracks that a band sends you and, and you totally love them. And it's like, that's impossible to ignore. So and it's like, we've got to put this out so um just uh, it's a case then of trying to make it happen what is the um act who you said that you're hoping to put out a tape uh shortly that you've been sitting on are you able to say who it is oh oh it's not it's not a secret it's just the arthritis um that is uh unfortunately delayed um so outside of that there's there's no other no other plans between spilt milk and and work it's uh, all consuming so um there yeah there's no other release plans at the moment um just to, to get arthritis out um it's it's crazy like we had pretty happy and arthritis at the same time and they went to two different plants to be duped one came out super quickly and the other is um just in some sort of pressing hell that's the only way i can describe it but it will it'll be out soon yeah, again, you hear about kind of vinyl delays and pressing delays. Mainly, it seems just because there's such demand for records at the moment. Maybe there's a cassette demand as well at the moment that's delaying things. Yeah, like it, it's gotten prices for cassettes have, have shot up. They used to be like a really sweet, low cost alternative. Um, and, you know, and especially when you're 
you're maybe putting out the first record from a band and you know you just want to test the water to see to see what the the reaction is like um you know given the way vinyl is gone like like there was kind of no arguing with going with cassette um but now you know for what they are they've they've become become a lot more to make and then like we we would use quite a lot of uk companies so throw brexit in on top of that and what a great perfect storm of a headache going on in terms of trying to get things pressed wow i didn't realize that at all what a dose yeah so i mean like i think we've suggested cds a couple of times to artists but they weren't they weren't taken (laughs) there's you know there's they're still uh affordable definitely but you know you kind of then run into the fact there's a ceiling to how much you can actually sell a cassette for as well you can't be charging 40 quid for a for a cassette i don't know give it give it a few years and we'll see we'll see so is the main thing like even though you don't have any releases planned for after arthritis or, or after spilt milk is the main thing that you've got to be excited by a band to want to put them out like that's the main thing about art for blind now that like you want to love or be really excited by the music that you're putting out on the label yeah i'd say that would be a fair interpretation we kind of react to things before we good number of years ago now we would have approached artists about putting stuff out but it, a lot of it's really just to do with time yeah spilt milk takes up an awful lot but we're obviously uh, got jobs as well on top of that um, which which need to be done too and so yeah it's just we, we still continue to get a lot of a lot of um and things from bands sending us um, recordings and things like that. We we just sort of limited to that. Um, we're also quite with Art for Blind. We're working with the model as well, which is the Art Centre, which it's one of the venues for Spill Milk. Um, it's also it's the main art centre here in Cybertown, and they asked us to be their sort of curators in residence, if you will. Um, which we were supposed to start it at the beginning of 2020 but it, we kind of pushed it out um so that's we've only really just done the one gig there so we're, we're fairly keeping that as our focus for the moment as well um so that will continue into uh, the most of the early part of 2022 with a few more gigs and workshops and and other activities that we're going to do under that program ah amazing sounds great Art for Blind also put out Altered Hours first album and an EP by them as well. They've just released their second album on Pizza Pizza Records and they've come off supporting Fontaine's on their UK tour, playing to like 10,000 people in uh, Alexander Palace yeah. in London. Amazing. Yeah, is it is it just amazing to see their their trajectory and their their rise and like they haven't compromised, I think, like one iota. No, not at all. No, I, I'm really happy. You I mean, you couldn't meet a nicer group of people and they've worked doggedly at at their at their career and um, so i'm great to see that come off for them and for, you know for for to be appreciated and and held in the esteem that they they are by the you know the likes of of the fontaines who have jumped out um, in terms of success you know yeah i've been following following their their photos and on instagram and everything so it's it's great yeah absolutely amazing to see that and they're to continue to do something different with their with the records each and every time okay i think i think that that's everything i i feel like is there still a lot of work to do with spilt milk now it's about three weeks out from uh, less than three weeks out from the festival is there still lots that has to be sorted out for you like it it doesn't 
stop now that like you've announced everything and everything is kind of kind of sorted at the moment <laughs> there's plenty still to be done uh yeah just i suppose the fun things you know in terms of the program and, and all that is is uh it's locked down um it's more practical things of staffing and and keeping abreast of the the guidelines and what have you yeah just really the logistics and the schedule and things like that well, hopefully there won't be any more changes now in the next couple of weeks and it'll all, all go smoothly. Um, and yeah, congratulations on what looks like a great lineup and should make for a great weekend in Sligo too. Hopefully, like we, we'll be hearing more and more about Sligo in the coming years as well. Hopefully it continues this trajectory and, uh, and does become a hub for artists and a, a destination for people to go to put on gigs too. Yeah, I mean, certainly... Um hopefully it does you know that was you know it is part of our thing to kind of you know ju- not just to put stuff on that we want to see but to kind of build something you know so there the slide was got more to its to its bow and there's something to happen in the in the winter as well and um, it's nice to have that so yeah certainly we keep going and uh, we'd love to see as many people come come up and and visit us in the northwest Great. Listen, thanks for uh, chatting uh, this morning and best of luck with the festival. Thanks very much, Owen. It was great to chat. Thank you. Death in a necktie Was digging in the archive